What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Convos with Cole, where we take a deep dive into my personal experiences as well as those around me and explore the world for what it really has to offer. So let's get right into it. Today, I have a very special guest, one close to my heart, Kirsten Moore. Kirsten, how are you today? I'm good, Cole. How are you? I'm pretty good for an old man. So really, I brought you on the podcast because you have had some pretty interesting experiences in your life that I know a lot of other people haven't had, um, you know, haven't gone through. And I think that you can speak to those a lot and really not only enlighten us, but, you know, provide some education for us. So tell us a little bit about, you know, yourself and like, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so today um, we're going to be talking about mental health and just um, taking care of yourself mentally. And I'm going to be talking about my personal struggle with mental illness. Um, you know, there is going to be mentions of self-harm and and suicidal thoughts. So if that is something that um, triggers you or you struggle with and you don't feel like you um, are safe listening to this, I just want to go ahead and put that out there now. Um, but yeah, just kind of talking about my life and who I am and, and what I've, what I've been through and how it's shaped who I am. Well, so cool. Well, you know, let's waste no time. Let's get right into it. So Kirsten, you know, you, you are, you have been diagnosed with a mental illness, you know, sort of talk to us about, um, really, you know, one, how you came to, uh, discover how you were diagnosed and, and really, you know, what, around what age and what, um, sort of sparked, yeah, yeah. So I had um, a somewhat difficult childhood. You know, it, it wasn't the worst, but there were some things that made it a little bit different. Um, my parents were divorced when I was in fourth grade, and it was a really difficult time. And, you know, I had some um, issues with some abusive step parents. And, uh, you know, I have trauma, just like everybody else from my childhood. But mine, um, in some situations, it terms, tends to be more than other people. But yeah, so since my parents were divorced when I was in fourth grade, they the court, I don't know if it's like your parents or if it's a law or if it's just, I don't know, they make you go to counseling. And so I started going to counseling when I was in late elementary school and middle school. So, you know, because I was already in that environment and like through middle school, I don't know, I just kind of, when I got into middle school, I, I just knew I was different, you know, like I just didn't fit in the same way I was always I was in my head a lot just just didn't feel like everybody else I guess so you know since I was already in that environment of counseling I was able to talk to my therapist about it you know and then then I was diagnosed my freshman year of high school um, with generalized anxiety disorder and depression so generalized anxiety disorder is a little bit different than other um, anxiety disorders such as panic disorder although I have had some struggles with panic attacks in the past that's not the main thing that I deal with with my anxiety mine is more of a constant kind of overlying fear and just I'm just anxious kind of all the time um so yeah that's how generalized anxiety is and just depression you know I I just never wanted to get out of bed I never wanted to go to school it was like I had this 10,000 pound weight on my shoulders that just made it so difficult to just even wake up in the mornings and that was really hard so you know I kind of have a little bit of a different experience than everybody because I was already in counseling um growing up Whereas most people, they 
they haven't ever been in that environment before. So they have to go out of their way to say, Hey mom or dad, or, you know, depending on what age they are, I, I think I need to, I want to try counseling. And, and, you know, it's not something that's talked about, Right. you know, we're in middle school. We don't really know what all that is. You know, we know what it it means to be crazy. And, you know, we think there's crazy people out there, but I, we don't realize that not all mental illness means. Well, yeah. I mean, essentially psychotic on exactly and and so yeah it's different for everybody everybody has a different experience like I said I I was diagnosed freshman year of high school and everything from there on for the next four years was was pretty rough Uh, high school was a very very difficult time in my life I just like I said the depression it was really just the depression for the most part oh it just weighed on me every day was a battle you know, there were days that I just physically felt like I could not move. Well, do you think that, you know, it was just so bad just because you felt so isolated in a sense? You know, oftentimes we see now with adults with, you know, alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and there's a lot of support groups. But I really think that there aren't as many support groups for individuals who, you know, have a mental illness or... Yeah, there was definitely a certain degree of isolation. I I didn't have the most friends. I dealt with a lot of... um, But you were still involved in high school. Yeah, yeah. No, I was in band, and and I ended up being in choir my senior year. And, you know, I did a lot of stuff. Um, But in terms of, like, close friends, Mm -hmm. I never really had anybody like that. And when I did, I had some unfortunate circumstances where it didn't end well. And it burned me, and that, Mm -hmm. that definitely didn't help. I struggled a lot with self-harm. That was something that, um, it's so taboo to talk about, which, you know, shouldn't be that way it's, it's not any, you know, in, in reality, it's not any different than almost an addiction yeah. kind of. And it's just, it's a way of coping and a way of pushing down the pain. And, you know, self-harm is kind of different, different for everybody. You know, some people do it because they want to feel something physical they want to feel physical pain instead of the constant mental pain and or some people it's like they feel like they deserve it's different for everybody and I was hospitalized um on a psych unit for three separate times um once every year except for my sophomore year but I I only actually attempted to end my life by suicide one time uh, my senior year January of my senior year that was a big wake-up call for me and ever since then it's kind of been just growth and I think that a lot of people when they talk about recovery from an attempt it's like this well-lit path to to healthiness and and, it's an instant snap but it's no it's not because because growing and healing is not linear it's it's not it's not a linear thing where you just climb up the stairs and boom there you are there's days where you have highs and days where you have lows and you know it's not constant but you know I definitely think it's still there it still weighs I mean I don't think I have any less anxiety today I don't think I have any less depression today I've just learned coping how to cope with it yeah and also something to mention that I haven't talked about yet is um when I was diagnosed my freshman year I started taking antidepressants so I've been on a couple different ones and you know they work different for everybody the journey to find one that worked for me was really difficult because you have to go through a lot of different side effects and it takes a while to see if they work or not sometimes they make things even worse after a couple of years I found the medicine that really worked for me and helped me and that in combination with therapy and finding people that love me and that I'm happy with in my life has been huge so 
Um, it's definitely not gone. It's still here with me every day, but I know how to, I know how to handle it. And, you know, I still have my bad days, of course, but it's a different beast every day. You know, that was one of the the big reasons on why I wanted to make this podcast is, you know, for the people like me, I'll admit, you know, I didn't really have an understanding of what mental illness was beyond the, uh, what's it, a straight jacket in a psychiatric unit, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a ward. That, that was mental illness to me. But, you know, it wasn't until I met you to where I met people who had high functioning mm-hmm. depression to where... You know, you don't have to be slumped on a couch 24 hours a day or locked in a cubicle room that has padding on the walls to be, you know, considered mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also want to bring this this notion that the term or the phrase mental illness has, you know, There's we a lot presume. Of stigma to it. Yeah, it has a stigma, a, a, a connotation of, of bad or um, crazy, crazy, not capable. Uh, I think it's important that, you know, we talk about uh, such in in a way that, you know, it's it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be positive all the time, but, you know, not taking the light away from, from what is a situation that is essentially, you know, really good for the individual who, you know, is, you know, is trying to fix themselves or, you know, acknowledging that there is uh, a, a defective aspect of their life that they're willing to work on and make mm-hmm. better. So I, I want to ask you, you know, you say you've developed these new coping mechanisms, but, you know, you've been able to sort of navigate this pathway in your life for, I would say, you know, coming up on eight years. Mm-hmm. We're well out of graduating from high school. So what are some things now that you've, you know, translated from your high school, middle school life into your college life? You know, you talked about the friends, but do you think, you know, anything else has has extremely helped, you know, for the people that are listening out here today, really just trying to gain new perspectives and, and, yeah. and talk to more people and, you know, get new ideas? Yeah. Um, everybody's different. Different things work for different people in terms of coping mechanisms. For me, one of the biggest things that kept me down in that dark, deep hole of just sadness and just bad was this notion that I was bad and I was not normal. I was ill. I was mentally ill. And just like really putting a lot of emphasis on that in, in terms of my identity. Oh, my aspect. Yeah. And and so, you know, yes, I do. I do have a diagnosed, you know, more than one diagnosed mental illness, but I just think I got so caught up in like, and I just let that control my life it was all I focused on and even now even in therapy sometimes you know I catch myself and my therapist will be like here you are you're going back down that road if I'm I'm sick I'm ill and it just when you get stuck in that place it's it's hard to get out um but you just have to understand that yes you might be you might think differently than people who are neurotypical and you might experience things differently but that doesn't mean you're bad it doesn't mean you're defective it doesn't mean you can't be just as successful as everyone else if on if anything you know I think it gives me at the end of the day almost a leg up in some ways because I have these skills that I've learned and I'm very aware of my emotions and I'm very aware of my thoughts and you know sometimes it can be a good thing you know maybe you just think more than others and you're just more aware it doesn't mean that you're bad but just kind of also finding a community and understanding that there's so many people out there that feel the way that you do I saw a YouTube video the other day that was like 
a hundred people randomly pulled off the street and it asked them if they had ever thought about um, ending their own life by suicide. And I, it was a huge amount, uh, more than I expected, that said yes. And it just makes you realize, wow, like there are so many people out there that feel this way. And but only, we, You know, people just don't speak up because of what we think is going to happen to us mm-hmm. or, or, you know, you know how, how we think people are going to react. And I think people are a lot afraid of that. Yeah, yeah. So for me, finding a community of people that understand and um, I actually working to make a difference in in this world is something that has had a big impact on me. Um, I'm the lead walk chair of the University of Louisville Out of the Darkness Campus Walk. Um, I work with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to um, just we raise awareness and we do a walk each year at the at the university just to remember those that some of us have lost to suicide or this being able to bring light and raise awareness and just be in, in a community of people that all feel so passionate about something it, it's just so wonderful and that's something that I think that helps helped me a lot as well well I think those are you know two big things that you know if there's anything that the listeners take, something that I will take from this podcast is that, you know, it's okay to, you know, acknowledge your your flaws. You know, I really think that that's the only way to fix yourself. And it, it doesn't have to be mental illness. It can be, you know, how you act. Uh, for me, personally, the emotional awareness, that's where I lack <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> and that you've helped me You've helped me understand and and coming to acknowledge my emotions and how I feel, you know, deal dealing with them, mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't necessarily mean I have to ball my eyes out, but it's a lot better to acknowledge and say, okay, huh, I'm feeling this way, and instead of, you know, pushing it to uh, the the bottom of the pit and yeah. going on. I with think my emotions life. are are one of the main things that make us human. Mm. Yeah. So um, you know, just to wrap up a little, you know, a little bit here. Uh, what do you think is, you know, the best way that individuals who, who really want to make a difference can, can go about in their communities and, and have an impact? Uh, yeah. So for, for the people out there that, that don't either, they either have never experienced, you know, depression or any of that, or they've never had anybody close in their life go through something like that. It, it can be, you can be confused and kind of in the dark about it all. Um, that's kind of how you were when I met you, honestly, um, just not knowing how to handle it, not knowing what is this person going through, you know, which is understandable. If you've never been around it, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get it, you know, which I think a lot of the times people mistake that they, that they need to understand. But for me as a person who struggles, I don't need you to understand. I don't need you to completely wrap your head around what it is that I'm going through. I just need you to appreciate it and say, I'm here for you. And I understand that you are going through something and that you're struggling and just letting them know that you're there and that you're not going to judge them. And even though you might not get it, you, you're there to listen and and you're making the effort. To yeah, ex- exactly. And, and so, you know, don't let that fear of not getting it or not understanding keep you from reaching out to people because sometimes it's the most little things that you can do that can actually save someone's life. You know, you just, 
telling a person that you love them and or even a stranger on the street just being nice sometimes people wake up and they have a bad day and they just start really you know you've heard stories where people were thinking about ending their own life and something happened that day and they saw it as their sign and and I think the most important thing is having real conversations um not just scratching the surface exactly. but getting to the meat of the mm-hmm. of what the topic is yeah m- mental health is something that should be discussed regularly people it's not some taboo topic that we can only talk about on you know in September when it's suicide awareness month yeah well Kirsten I, I I think that you know this episode was extremely beneficial and I think the the uh, you know we all look in hindsight uh, about the the warning signs, but but I think I really want to stress that you know I think that's another place that I lacked was you know the the words of affirmation the the just constant you know not constant but you know the, the checkup that so many people overlook. I think that's really important. That that's what we all should do. Well, you know I I thank you for coming today. Thank you. For, hopefully, you know our listeners really. We're able to, you know, find some joy and such a heavy topic, but it, it's a topic that needs to be talked about if we're, we're, you know, wanting and we really want to work towards, you know, a solution mm-hmm. and, and, you know, hopefully this podcast episode was really uh, beneficial and, you know, reaching at least one person mm-hmm. and, and, you know, spreading the awareness. So thank you for coming on today and we hope you all enjoy the episode. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts or ideations or thoughts of self-harm or actions, uh, reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They're available 24 hours a day. The phone number is 800-273-8255. Or if you don't want to talk in person, you can also use their crisis text line and text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741, which is also free and available 24-7. And there you have it, another episode of Convos with Cole. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please, you know, don't hesitate to share with your friends, like the podcast, promote it all you can, because this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into my life and those around me, sharing experiences, cultivating a more competent society. Thank you. Tune back in next week for another episode.